we joined on the line now by Clive Ntozabantu Ramatibela, our market analyst. Good morning. Go on, Arsenal. Go on, Arsenal. Go on, Arsenal. Hello, good morning to you, Sakina, to the rest of the ladies as well. What a lovely football match. And guess who's on top? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We worked hard to get there. Hopefully we'll stay there. But of course, a lot going on elsewhere. Yeah. Another finance minister in the space of five days. That makes them three. You know, I look at this very strangely, and, and, and I know um, a lot of our listeners think that I may be a bit controversial. I, I reckon that we have to be very careful because decisions, when are made, uh, there's a reason why they're made, and, and we have to support it. Suppose if it was something like what we saw in Greece happen, we know the finance minister and uh, uh, the previous deputy minister uh, in, in, in economic development was also uh, released of his duties, but immediately the markets did respond, and we know that they had a problem because they were trying to pay back the debt and that there was a default there at stake. So yet still, uh, the confidence that the uh, people, that, that the president had in the people there uh, said to him that made him believe that even if he resigned, the guys would actually get him back. He actually uh, resigned and got an election going and they voted him back into power. So it, we, we have to read between the lines. What I think is the biggest issue is the fact that, obviously, um, it does put a lot of doubt in the uh, stability of the economy and the decisions being made. And I think that that is one thing that the market is responding most to. It's not just necessarily the removal of the minister, but it's simply the intensity of the, 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 the lack of um, a stability in somebody like a finance minister being removed out of office and being, and being replaced by somebody else. But I guess for Pravin Gordon Sakina, it's a case of the return of the Mac. Oh, return of the... He must be going in there like, I got this, man. I got this. And guess what? The Ren is supporting him as well. The Ren is like, yeah, Samfunu Kotan, yeah. So 15 rand 19 it goes. So it is it is it is quite phenomenal how difference in change in policy can affect and how the markets can respond to this. But we've seen it happen around the world. We've seen decisions being made and markets responding to it. And let's cast our gaze towards the east very quickly. Japanese stocks are falling as the route in U.S. and Europe spreads to Asian markets. Clive? Yeah, it's a very difficult one. This one, Sakina, I, I, and I think it has more to do with what will actually happen next week when the uh, Fed meets to make a decision on the interest rate. So you saw the Japanese stocks fall at the top of the index heading for its lowest close in almost two months. The round continued. It, it started in the U.S. It went on to Europe, and the Asian markets were not left unturned. So the topics dropped by 1.8% uh, early hours this morning. We also saw some of the companies in the manufacturing structures as well being hit by the bad Chinese data that came out over the weekend on Saturday, and that sort of also deafened the sentiment of positivity within the Asian market, specifically the emerging market space, which also went down by 0.48%. Toyota Motor Group Cup also failed the pinch, including Mitsubishi and the SoftBank as well, down uh, 3.6, 4.8, and 3.9% respectively. So not a necessarily good start to the week for the Asian market. And probably people will know this. At 9 o'clock when the JSE opens, most of this will impact us as well. So it's not just going to be the change in office of the finance minister. It's going to be all these things added together that are going to impact on what happens in the JSE at 9 o'clock. And then, of course, you know, with um, uh, an eye looking back and looking forward, the fears of the Fed's interest rate hike continue, and that's causing havoc in the emerging markets. Yeah, very terrifying uh, havoc that is creating. The, the reason behind it is, and it's just one reason, is because when they hike, 
the response will be either negative or positive. And so everybody's trying to position themselves to either or. So, so it's like trying to guess what they're actually going to do. Do you know what would be the biggest surprise of all time, Sakina, between you and I? Uh, tell me. If Janet decides, I say you're going to do, not doing anything with this. <laughs> and, it just, and she just says, no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I'm leaving the race as they are <laughs> until early next year. Oh, that would be a shocker. <laughs> it certainly would. It certainly would because anticipation arrives out there. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. So what does the new carbon emissions agreement mean to the world? We've followed this. We've tracked COP21. So what does it all mean? It, 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 I think it's for the first time. These guys have been meeting for a while, hey? You know that. Mm-hmm. They've been meeting for a while. So all of a sudden there's a piece of document that they've all signed. Guess what? The piece of document that's been signed and the agreement is the, it's a legally binding document. But the countries that are subject to that agreement are not obliged to follow by the rules. So again, I think we're sitting here with a bit of a, a confusing con- condition because shouldn't the document that we sign be binding to the individual countries? So if, if it's only binding in terms of what it says and the commitments made, but the countries themselves can just say, I, they don't if, if, if somebody uh, goes over the limit of carbon emissions, they can just say, I, no, I, I'm not following on with this thing, and I just do what I want to do. So there's nothing actually that's, that actually uh, puts the countries who are involved at a uh, serious law-abiding uh, principle to say, if you don't reach these targets, this is what's going to happen to you. It's all in principle, rather. But... Other than that, it's a start, I suppose. Uh, a journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step, and this is the first step to that journey, and it's a positive for most of the guys who are environmental activists, like Lava B, uh, but that they're supporting uh, uh, land reforms and all those things. So it's, it's very exciting, but it still doesn't mean that those countries who are actually aligned and they've signed, and everybody's claiming that it's them who did it. Eh? Like Barack Obama this morning, he was saying, yeah, because of me, you know, uh, the, the only African-American president, I made this deal possible. Francois Hollande is also saying, because of me. And then we, there was a story you know, on Saturday that said they had to do an indaba. So the South Africa also played a part there. They said they had an indaba. Mulewa was saying they had an indaba, and after the indaba, then everybody agreed that this is the way to go forward. So everybody's claiming it. <laughs> Well, 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 that's where we're going to leave it for today. Clive, uh, have a good one.